Hey, thanks for joining me on the Take Back Your Territory podcast. Here, you will not just get an education, but also ways for transformation. You will learn how to reclaim your life, renew your mind, and release yesterday. For more information on coaching and to download your free e-guide, Renewing Your Response, go to takebackyourterritory.com. Find us on social media at Take Back Your Territory. So let's get ready for the podcast. Get your pen, your journal, a hot cup of coffee, or a big liter of water. And let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to episode 55 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. This is a Q&A. Um, I've had some questions on social media about the food freedom program, about the big why, making a food rule, um, how reframing actually works. And so I wanted to go through and just kind of overall answer those questions for you. And I also have a reframe. Um, Episode 54 was also released today. Um, and we're talking about self-betrayal and how it how it kind of goes with food freedom, um, how peer pressure and family pressure and even tradition kind of comes into play and um, how when we go and we make commitments to ourselves and we break them, um, how all of this kind of co- goes together in our our journey towards food freedom. So please take a listen to that. Um, But today with the Q&A, I want to start off um, by just letting you know, if you you haven't heard of me, my name is Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Wenland, Coach Lindsay, if you're nasty. No, I'm just kidding. This is so Janet Jackson in 1985. Anyway, all right. So I am a master coach in holistic health. I'm a certified personal trainer, a certified primal health and wellness coach. I'm a master life coach. And I'm also a certified Never Binge Again coach. All of this to say that my mess, my 36 years of emotional disorder and binge eating has turned into my mission, has turned into my message, and is the reason that I am a coach and the reason that I'm recording these podcasts here today for you and for your food freedom and for the call that God has on your life. Um... Yeah, so first of all, we're going to start with two scriptures, maybe three scriptures, that I really want you to um, absorb. So we're going to close our eyes for just a second, put our hands in our heart. We're going to take a deep breath as I read these to you. First uh, Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you. But such is common to man, and God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. God will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. I want you to hold on to that word temptation and I want you to hold on to that word endure because it says over in Hebrews 12 
It is for discipline that you endure. It is for discipline that you endure. Hold on to that word discipline. Hold on to that word endure. As we come into Hebrews 12, 11, uh, which is kind of the pinnacle scripture of the food freedom uh, program. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now, I want to talk a little bit about these scriptures because um, when we go into the Q&A, I want you to get the full picture here of the Food Freedom Program, of, um, of what we're doing, okay? So I want you to think about a timeline. There's a temptation. God provides a way of escape. We endure this temptation. We run to God in our way of escape. We endure for discipline. Discipline is a training ground. It's where we cultivate the soul. It's where we correct mistakes. We curb passions. Discipline is instruction aiming at increasing virtue. And as Hebrews 12, 11 says that in the moment, discipline feels, it seems sorrowful. It seems, I mean, sorrow is weeping and gnashing of teeth and not comfortable and um, I don't want to do this. It's sorrowful. But to those who have been trained by it, to those who have stuck their feet in the ground and said, I'm not moving, and no matter the temptation, no matter what comes my way, no matter the circumstance, I'm not moving. I'm not breaking my food rules. I'm not breaking my commitment to myself. I'm not breaking my commitment to God to steward this body well. I'm going to stand. And as if, excuse me, as Ephesians 6 says, once you've done everything to stand by putting on the armor of God, you stand and you stand and you stand some more. This is that training ground. And it's not comfortable. It doesn't feel good. In fact, it's sorrowful. It's something emotional. It's something where you're you're going to be crying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But to those who have been trained by it, afterwards, do you see the timeline? Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That word trained here in the Greek, it's gymnazo, to exercise vigorously in body and mind. There's also a, um, a takeaway on that, not a takeaway, but there's a word that they used in that word gymnasio. It's naked. It's to be naked. It's to be trained. And they're talking about, you know, like games back in the Roman times, like the Olympic games. Um, they did this stuff naked, but it's also talking about not just us physically being naked, but when I saw that it was to be trained in body and mind, I, I saw a breaking away, a coming apart, a removing of what has been covering up, 
what we've been running to, what we've, what we've chosen as our unhealthy coping mechanisms, those things are breaking away. They're falling to the ground and we're just standing naked. All right, God, this is it. I can't do this anymore. I need your help. In righteousness, in the scripture, is talking about integrity, virtue, purity. It's also talking about a rightness, a correction of thinking, feeling, and acting. So this form of righteousness in the book of Hebrews, when we pull it into the actual Greek context, it's not talking about the righteousness where you are good with God, you are in right standing with God. It's not talking about that type of righteousness. It's talking about, are you doing the right thing? The word integrity means doing the right thing when nobody is looking. So when you're in your moment of of sorrow, when you're in your moment of emotion, when you're in your moment of, I can't handle this, handle this without going to the cupboard, going through the drive-thru, I don't want to feel these feelings. How are you handling your situation? How are you allowing endurance and training to take hold? Are you running to God to find your escape from the temptation? Are you running to God to find your escape from these overwhelming emotions? Or are you going to a created thing rather than our creator? These are questions that I'm asking on the back end of my own disordered eating, of my own ways of using food as coping mechanisms, as numbing, as escapes. But on this back end, as Hebrews 12 says, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. I can tell you, being free from food, this is freedom, this is peace, this is joy. Allowing or or basically being allowed, kind of surrendering myself to the process, to creating rules and, and visualizing my why, visualizing, visualizing myself six months or a year from now, following my rules or not following my, following my rules, what, they actually, what that will actually look like in my life, creating my own rules according to my own nutritional needs for my body and for my life, and then reframing the mindset of the coping mechanism and, and the lie that food is the way to escape. That was a lie that I was believing. This is going to make me feel. This is going to fix it. This is going to help me numb out. I'm writing the Food Freedom ebook, and what has basically come out of this entire process is we have our why and when we talk about being awareness we're recognizing we create a rule we reframe we replace we repeat which is our consistency and then we redefine now in in our podcast so far we haven't gotten to re- redefine i haven't talked about true health and wellness. I haven't talked about the pillars of health mentally, emotionally, physically. We haven't talked about sleep. We haven't talked about stress management. We haven't talked about all of those things yet. But if you are coaching with me, if you are following, if you are putting these things into practice, you are already reclaiming ground that has been stolen from you in the line of freedom 
with food in the line of stewarding this body well and stewarding your mind well and stewarding this life well. You are already reclaiming ground. You are already taking back the territory there. And God is already restoring your body, your mind, your soul, and that time lost that was wasted on diet programs and binging and recovering from the binging and all of the illness that has come with it. And it doesn't happen in a day. And and I'm not looking for perfection here. I'm not looking for you start and you never binge again. That's not that's not what we do here. We are retraining your mind. We are retraining your behavior. We are enduring the hard stuff. As I said in episode 53, sit in the resistance. That is the endurance. That is the training ground that we are allowing to be cultivated in our lives so that we will be disciplined, which will then lead to peace, freedom, righteousness, joy. All right. So I'm going to take a a swig of coffee. We're going to reset. Big breath. All right, let's talk about your big why. I know in the podcast um, 45, I wasn't really clear on um, how to actually visualize this. I really talked about you visualizing what it would look like, what it would feel like, what would it, what would your body look like, how would you, free would your mind be, and what would your life look like if you were walking free from food. But I think what I failed to do in that podcast and what I'm doing now is to actually nail down this is your why. This is your reason. This is your big why. So when we're talking about our big why, why do I want to be free from food? Why am I going to go through this program? Why am I going to pay for coaching? Why am I going to do this? First of all, I can't tell you. <laughs> I can tell you mine. But the biggest question that I will ask you in your big why is why do you want to be free from food? And, and really nailing this down, seeing how being addicted, being um, controlled, not having self-control, not having that self-trust there, not kind of... I really hate to use the word self-control, but but even in the Bible, even in that Second Timothy, it it also talks about being sober-minded. And to be sober-minded is clear thinking. Is to be not turning to the right or to the left, but actually staying on the path. Not having things come in and cloud your mind. And honestly, a lot of times with with binging, we go to serious comfort foods. And a lot of those comfort foods will create this inflammatory response in our bodies. And your brain, like your gut, your joints, your, your everything is affected. But what's most affected is your brain. You have foggy, foggy thinking, foggy thoughts, headaches. And most of what we do here 
is mindset. It is about changing the way you think about this. It is noticing and separating out between that part of your brain that wants to send you to binge, that limbic system, that lizard brain, what's feeding you doubts, feeding you um, discouragement, feeding you um, in the urge to actually go to the cupboard in a moment of being uncomfortable or, or emotion. It's separating who you actually are from that part of your brain. We insert ourselves between stimulus and response. And, and it's really just about being, I hate this word, I don't hate this word, but it's, it's, it's about being mindful of your mind. It's called metacognition, thinking your thoughts, feeling your feelings, actually being in your body and being aware of what's going on in your mind and then separating yourself between your thoughts. Your first thought is not your responsibility, but your second thought is. And we get to decide what we think about ourselves. We get to, we get to decide our thoughts. We get to decide our emotions. I think the biggest lie that's being fed is that we can't control our thoughts and we can't control our emotions. We can't control our behaviors. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's the most unresponsible, unadult thing I've ever heard. So in your big why... I want you to visualize what food freedom will actually look like to you and what walking in freedom would look like 30 days from now, 90 days from now, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, whatever the timeline is that that you can visualize and think about. Mine pretty much goes to a year. Because I can picture myself a year from now. I have no idea where I'm going to be five years from now. But a year from now, I'm pretty confident. And what it will actually feel like in that year. If you had, let's, let's just say today, uh, beginning of August, you put a full year's commitment into getting free from food. Not weight loss, not anything like that. You didn't commit to weight loss. You didn't commit to anything. You actually just committed to getting over binge eating, disordered eating, emotional eating. Weight loss will come. When you, when you step out of the binge and restrict, you flood your body with nutrition at a slight caloric deficit. Not enough to hit that binge trigger. You will lose weight. Guarantee it. I'm a walking, talking testimony that it happens. So you will be able to visualize yourself in a healthier body, part of that, part of that big why. So really see yourself. What are you wearing? How are you carrying yourself? What do you do with your day? Are you more confident in your job? Are you more confident in church? Are you taking that step um, that maybe you wouldn't have taken before? Maybe you have so much self-doubt that you can't control yourself around food, so what makes you think you could go for that promotion? Being controlled by food will infect every single area of our lives. Our jobs, our relationships, our marriages, our parenting, our finances. It affects every single avenue. It even makes us believe that there is a wedge 
between us and God. So what would that look like if you were free a year from now? Write it down, visualize it. And then the second question on the back end of that is what would it look like if you were still doing the same thing that you were doing today? If you were still bound, out of control, and in bondage to emotional eating, disordered eating. How would you feel? What would your body feel like? What would the rest of your life look like? This big why will morph and will change and will get much stronger as we go along. Because a lot of our coaching sessions, we start, what's your why? What's your why? What's your why? And in a lot of visualization that I use when we talk about the big why, in my own life, I saw myself free and I saw myself bound. And I know that both of those people live within me and I get to choose the life that I'm going to live out. I get to choose health. I get to choose illness. I get to choose death. I get to choose life. Just like it says in Deuteronomy 30. Look, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to only kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, to bring you life. What does choosing life look like? And what would choosing death look like? I want you to really hone in on those when you're writing your why. And we're going to go back to them over and over and over again. All right, so moving on when we talk about awareness, this is just, in step two, this is really just seven days of recognizing what you're eating, why you're eating it, and how what you're eating affects your body, affects your clarity, affects your emotions, how it's actually, how it actually feels um, when you're in this place of autopilot, when you're in this place of going to the cupboard, when you're in this place of um, emotional eating. Because the reason that I put awareness in between the why and actually creating a rule is there is a journey between creating your rule and really honing it in. And in the very first couple of weeks, that's when awareness usually comes. Oh, I do do this. Oh, I shouldn't eat sugar. Oh, this is what happens. So I put that before the rule to really just say and and to really to get you to understand your habits, the way that you've trained yourself, um, your autopilot response. I want you to get into your body. I want you to think your thoughts. I want you to really tap into your emotions. I want you to see the chaos that goes on. Because a lot of times, the whole reason that we eat, we overeat, we emotionally eat and do those things, 
is, is our escape. It's our numb. It's our, I don't like this feeling, and so I need to get away from it, and, and food is the closest thing. And there's nothing, I'm not trying to, to bring shame here, but this is just the way that we've taught ourselves, or we were taught, maybe you skinned your knee, when you were four, you fell off your bike and your mom, let's go get ice cream. Maybe you had a really good day, a really, maybe you graduated from kindergarten. Let's go get food. Let's go get a treat. Or you came home crying and you had a bad day. Let's go get ice cream. This is going to make you feel better. There is a training that happens and we bring it into our adulthood. So getting aware, getting in your body, seeing your habits, seeing what you're actually doing, seeing that when you get into an argument with your spouse and they maybe leave, you're in the cupboard. Maybe you really just needed to go upstairs and have a good cry. Maybe you needed to get in your car yourself and scream. What I've learned in getting aware is when I was growing up, I was not allowed to be an emotional kid. And if you are my friend, if you know me, you know I got feelings. I didn't know what to do with them and my feelings were so big. And I also wasn't allowed to have them. And so to numb, to escape, I ate. And the feeling on the back end, of course, was shame. And I knew shame well. And shame become became almost my friend, always there. And that was something else that had to be reframed and retrained out of me. So that's why we get aware. Come out of autopilot. <clears throat> All right, so creating your rule. First, we start with one rule. And I'm not going to give you your rule. I might sit down and listen to you and, and kind of go through your why and go with your awareness and really hone in on what this one rule should be. But I'm not going to tell you what this is because this is your food plan. This is your food rule. And it's you that's going to abide by it. In my beginning of my journey um, with, with coming out, it's in the program Never Binge Again, which I'm now... Um, a coach through um, my first rule was I will never again eat more than three meals per day and then I had to really narrow down really hone in on what an actual meal looks like well it's between three and five hundred calories I have to put everything that I'm going to eat for this meal on one plate um, I also even put a guideline that there's at least three hours in between each meal because my autopilot response was well a bar this is a meal let's eat it and I would have eaten seven meals by the time dinner was done so it was the meals that I had to to hone in on and really stake my rule in the ground and put a guideline around I had to define what a meal actually was to myself I couldn't stand up. I had to sit down. 
I couldn't be distracted. The phone had to be put away. All, all of the things had to be put away. I had to be conscious in my body, in my chair, looking at my plate, enjoying my food, aware. And I worked on that for about a month. And then I was able to create more rules around what my actual food looked like. But your first rule could be, I will, could be around sugar. It could be around drinking Coca-Cola. It could be around not going through a drive-thru. In the Never Binge Again program that I've gone through and that I coached through and that I've used in my own coaching, the rule we say, I will never again, because we don't want a loophole then. The rule can eventually change, but there are, of course, steps we have to go through to change that rule so it's not done emotionally, it's not done in the moment. But it's, but it's kind of an absolute in our life right now. It's a way that we are building trust back up with ourselves. It's a way that we are refuting the lies that will come for us and um, the reasons that we were eating in the first place. I think this is where a lot of us will get, a lot of our diet culture will come up. Because there's a fear behind, if I kind of allow myself just this one rule, there's too much freedom here. I don't trust myself here. This isn't enough restriction. And sitting with that fear is part of your endurance, it's part of your training ground, and it's part of you building trust back up with yourself. Hey, I can follow this one rule. You might notice a lot of fear. You might notice some anxiety. You might notice this might be too much. What if I gain five pounds? What if, what if, what if? But as I've said so many times before, healing and eating disorder or healing, emotional eating, disordered eating is completely separate from losing weight. You need to put the mindset on of recovery, healing. I'm going to get better. So narrow down this one rule. And if you need help, I'm always here to coach you through it. After we go through the rule, we reframe. We sit. We let all the doubt, all the discouragement, all the lies that are coming for you, telling you the reasons why you can't follow this one rule. In the Food Freedom ebook, we talk about writing 10 to 15 of these down. Allowing the bondage to, to show its face. I see you. I hear you. I know that you're there. But I will overcome you. I am in the midst of overcoming you. This is the mindset that we take on. This is the separating yourself between stimulus 
and response, as Viktor Frankl says. There is freedom in this space. Separating from that old man, being renewed in the spirit of your mind, and putting on the new man. This is the work. This is the hard and holy part. So we allow these things to come for us. We feel the fear. We feel the emotion of it. And then we replace the lie with truth. That was my stomach. Did you hear that? I'm sure you did. So I hope that there's some clarity came with this podcast. I really am just standing here trying to talk you through this, maybe helping you really nail down what you're supposed to be doing with your why, um, what your week of awareness is going to look like, what creating your rule is going to look like, and the process of going after healing, what that's going to look like. Now, I have a few coaching clients right now. One of them, she was two weeks in. She's free. She's ready to, to start losing weight. She, she's confident. She's ready. Like, let's go. I have another one who it's a day by day, step by step. And that's honestly how I was. I was day by day. I was step by step. I was in it. This is not a sprint. This is a lifelong race. And as a former marathoner, ultra marathoner, it's the people at the front. It's people at the starting line that when that gun went off, they took off. And I stayed my pace. I stayed my course. I knew what my body was capable of. I knew the minute per mile that I could safely, effectively endure for 26, 32, 50 miles. And especially in, in a road marathon, it's the people that passed me at mile one, mile two, mile three, mile four, that I passed at 19, 20, 21, 22. People I passed at the finish line. Don't believe the lie that you are only worth what your body looks like Don't believe the lie that healing is going to take way too much time and losing weight is the aim. Don't believe the lie. We have to come off of the cycle of binge and restrict. We have to come out of the cycle that having a smaller body and having a lighter weight on the scale is what defines us, is what we put our worth in. You have to come out of this mindset. If it takes two weeks, 30 days, 90 days, three years for you to be able to hold the line and not emotional eat, hold the line and not binge eat before you move into losing weight, that's how long it takes because we are talking about your life. We are talking about your health. 
We are talking about your stomach, your kidneys, your liver, your heart, your lungs, your brain. We are not talking about your composition. Now, is it healthier to be at a healthy weight? Yes, absolutely. But there are also people at a healthy weight that are destroying themselves to stay there. They're restricting, they're binging, they're purging. Stop believing the lie that what you look like is your worth. Refute the temptation to fear a couple pounds gained on the scale. It will come off. It will come off quicker than you think because you won't be binging. You won't be working in recovery. You won't be fasting throughout the day and then binging all night. I know from experience that I can restrict Monday through Thursday afternoon. I can do really well. I can burn a thousand calories a day and I can gain it all back on my weekend binge and then some. Let's get out of this trap. All right, I think I'm done talking for Q&A. Um, if you have any questions, you can email me, lindsaywenlin5 at gmail.com. You can fill out a form on the website, takebackyourterritory.com. Follow me on social media at takebackyourterritory. Um, Food Freedom ebook will be out the middle of August. I pinky promise. Our full group Food Freedom, walking through the ebooks and my coaching. That's going to start up the middle of September. Signups will start September 1st for that. I do group coaching. I do one-on-one coaching. All of those things can be found on the website. If you go to takepackyourterritory.com, drop your email in that little thing, that little newsletter thing. Um, you get your free e-guide today of renewing your response. It's something I wrote Last year, it's a lot of the same principles that we use in food freedom. Food freedom is just 100% more dialed in on healing from disordered eating. All right, make it a great day. Until next time, keep moving forward.